talented soccer players like you go unnoticed by scouts and coaches at the next level all the time. But you've worked way too hard to not stand out on the pitch. And that's where we come in. We help soccer players like you move, feel, and perform better in the moments that matter most. So, how do soccer players live out their dreams of playing at the highest levels? That's the question, and we have the answers. Welcome to the Soccer Doc Podcast. Hey guys, Dr. Aaron Stairs here from Premier Soccer Performance, and I wrote an ebook for you called the Premier Soccer Performance Program. So, if you're an athlete who's not serious about getting better and taking your game to the next level, this book is not for you. But if you're a youth athlete with dreams of playing in college, if you're a college player looking to make it into the professional ranks, or you're a parent wanting to give your kid a competitive advantage, this is the book and the program for you. We're going to go over all the habits necessary for you to take your game to the next level, and we're even going to throw in a week of free training with us online um, through our app, Premier Soccer Performance. So again, Download that, um, go to our website, www.premsoccerperformance.com, www.premsoccerperformance.com, and download your free copy of the Premier Soccer Performance Program today. Sarah's here, physical therapist, and uh, I'm here with Dr. Matthew Murray of Ortho San Antonio, and uh, he's here today to give us some really cool insights into ACL injuries and a little bit of background on himself and the practice that he has. Um, so if you want to introduce yourself and kind of give us a little bit about your background in sports leading up to your current role and kind of what y'all are doing with Ortho SA. Yeah, hey guys, I'm, I'm Matt Murray. I, uh, I played football in college at the University of Texas, and you know, I'd had a knee injury before that that really got me interested in Ortho and although I was playing football at the time with that demanding schedule I always knew I wanted to be a doctor and you know fast forward to now I've been in practice for 10 years in San Antonio I've been in my current practice for going on five years now and we're, we're called Ortho San Antonio we're really the, the specialists in town all I do is sports medicine I have a partner all he does is total joints we have a partner who just does hands we're, we're just very specialized in what we do yeah so it's been it's been really exciting for the past five years or so yeah that's awesome that's awesome and uh, you know one thing i wanted to bring up about your background also is you know your <clears throat> time in birmingham yeah oh yeah absolutely <laughs> i'm proud about that yeah i did my fellowship with uh, dr james andrews in birmingham and we Saw NFL, college, high school athletes, all different sports, all different levels, and it was a yeah. really amazing year. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a pretty cool experience, I'm sure. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Well, very cool. Well, you know, knowing that we're kind of primarily dealing with soccer players at the club level, mm -hmm. um, you know, ACL injuries are the biggest kind of, you know, epidemic that we see with, right. with youth athletes. Um, with all of your kind of background in, in treating ACLs and doing repairs and reconstructions and things like that, are there any kind of common traits or common, common things that you see when it comes to athletes getting injured or kind of getting that injury of an ACL? Yeah, absolutely. A, a big thing what we see is up to two-thirds to three-quarters of ACL tears are non-contact injuries. 
And what that means is there's some sort of anatomic factor going into that, be it the way the legs are shaped, the way the legs are rotated, and the hips, and the way that people land. And what we see this commonly is in the female population, up to the point that we're seeing 5% of girls that play soccer um, end up tearing their ACLs because of a lot of these bio, uh, because of these anatomic factors. For sure, for sure. And you know, one of the big things that we always hear from you know kids when they first do this is, "Do I have to get surgery? I'm gonna get, I'm gonna be out for a year or right. how long? Like, is it common?" And I always tell them, like, you know, there's a very, very few, like maybe one in a thousand who are a coper. <laughs> right, right. And, but, you know, <laughs> when when I tore my ACL twenty some years ago. I'd never heard of an ACL. Yeah. And, and, and then you, they tell you you need surgery and you yep. don't want to have surgery. But the thing now, people, everyone knows what an ACL is. Yep. You know when you tear it, you need to have surgery. So we, we're not really fighting that battle sure. uh, because people come in and they pretty much know that they need surgery. So. Yeah, yeah. Now, as for so someone tears, they come in to see you. What is the difference between someone who needs a repair versus someone who needs a reconstruction? Repairs is a newer thing that people are doing. And the data is just not there to show if you have a full thickness ACL tear, meaning it's torn all the way, those really need to be reconstructed. There's no data that shows that a repair is, we're just putting stitches in it, yeah. is going to get you back to competitive sports. There's some early data showing that if there's a partial tear, that yes, you can go put a stitch or two in there, or there's some other techniques that, that you could do uh, to get someone back to playing sports. But in my hands, in Dr. Andrew's hands, the most reliable way to get someone back to sports is doing a reconstruction. And, and usually you're back to sports in about six months or so. Sweet. Now, as for the reconstruction, um, you know, does graphsite play a role? And you know, for someone who doesn't kind of know what graphsite is, right. what is that going to? What are the options? And then typically, is there one that you prefer? Absolutely, 100%. There's about four options. Um, when you're talking about ACL grafts, mm -hmm. the most tried and true and gold standard is a, is a patella tendon graft. And that's how I trained with Dr. Andrews. That's still, if you go to any, any meeting on NFL football players, professional athletes, college athletes, everyone is doing a patella tendon graft. Um, the, the advantages of that are you get bone plugs, you get bone to bone healing, and you can hit some of your rehab markers a little bit faster. Um, another option is a hamstring graft. Um, a lot of people do those. It's a little bit easier technically to do. The problem is that hamstrings can stretch out over time and the size of the graft is not always reliable. And if you're going into soccer, it's usually not good to take your hamstrings out because you need those to be running and to be kicking. Um, and so in soccer players, that's not always the best option. Something newer that's coming out now is a quad tendon graft. Um, it, the size of the graft has been very reliable. Um, the healing is good and it's showing good early promising results. The problem with the quad tendon graft is the quad takes a really big hit from that. Right. Getting a quad strength back is really hard and the incision is completely in a different spot. So you end up just with an extra incision, tendonitis, healing and problems with that can occur as well. Right. Your fourth option is cadaver tissue which anybody that's listening to this, any competitive athlete, any adolescent should never have a cadaver tendon graft because the failure rate is significantly higher with uh, a cadaver type tissue. Got it, got it. Now, <clears throat> another thing that I kind of see a lot with my athletes, especially when they come to see me and do their rehab, a lot of times there's some exercises that are maybe a little tentative to get back in towards, right? Obviously kind of getting into the kind of 
closed chain right. little mini squats and things like that. The right. early days, they're really kind of scared to get into those things. Right. Um, what what kind of insights do you have on you know the safety of closed chain versus open chain exercises for ACL? Right. <laughs> I'm I'm very very aggressive, and unfortunately, it's <clears throat> it's often lost in communication between the patient, the doctor, and the therapist. <clears throat> I want closed chain exercises starting as quickly as possible. There's biomechanical studies showing that zero force goes across the ACL with closed chain exercise. And what, we, what I always say is squats, lunges, and leg press. I want people doing those with weights by six weeks out from the injury. Yeah. So pretty much once we get past the acute inflammation, swelling, all the things that come with surgery, I really want those closed chain exercises going by six weeks at the latest. Yeah. If we can start doing wall squats, wall sits, things like that, even earlier, uh, and leg presses, I'm all, if we could be doing that at one week, I'm fine with it, just as, as the swelling and the pain allows. My biggest pet peeve is when somebody comes in at three months and they haven't even done a squat, that blows my mind. Um, but the, and the other thing is, I'm, I'm pretty much against open chain exercises throughout the course, even after I clear someone, I'm not a big fan of the open chain exercises because that does put sheer stress across the ACL. Yep. For sure. Now, you know, you kind of, you know, said right now, mentioned it a whole like three months out, maybe haven't squatted yet. Typically, around that three months is when we're beginning to run or start getting right. into things like that. Absolutely. Right? So if you haven't squatted, you know, we've been done. I will squat. not clear you to run <laughs> if you haven't done a weighted squat by three months. No yeah. way. No way. <laughs> what, what other things do you look at when it comes to later down the line when they're maybe at that return to play phase right. or looking for clearance there what are the kind of standards you're looking for for a return to play yeah i have a specific return to play protocol and i try to get everyone to do that at the three month and the six month mark and we can compare percentages it includes single leg hop seated hop and things like that okay. if the strength isn't there we won't even do the testing but i want at least 90 percent of those numbers on the operated leg as they are on the good leg at, at six months before someone is cleared. Yeah. And a lot of that includes the hip strength, the uh, uh, quad strength, and all of those factors come into play as well. Yeah. So it's not necessarily just a time frame based. It's never. <laughs> it's, it's, for me, it's not a time-based thing, and it should never be. I have some people that I've cleared at four months, mm -hmm. and I have some people that take a year or longer because yeah. there's a lot of factors that come into play. Yeah. When it comes to you know maybe someone who's more a little a little more accelerated who's uh, kind of gone through it a little quicker and right. you know they've been able to kind of tolerate that load, have you seen kind of similar long-term outcomes for someone who's an accelerated rehab versus someone who maybe takes 12 months or longer? Absolutely, there's always the concern for a re-rupture, um, but I had there's one that comes to mind. I released um, at four months. <laughs> he tore his ACL in spring football. And I just told him, you know what, you're done for next year. Yeah. But he came in at three months and tested at 90%. Oh, nice. And the testing was there, but I still made him wait a month just mm -hmm. because of healing factors. And I wanted to get some more strength on there. Yeah. But he came in at four months and was 100%. And he ended up being able to play for his senior season, which we did not anticipate at all. So yeah. uh, I, I've seen it both ways. Yeah. Yeah. And we kind of touched on it prior to kind of recording when it comes back to, you know, once you're cleared and start playing again, how, how uh, important is it to continue training and continue working on things after you've been cleared? You don't just go back to just playing and that's it. You can't stress. You cannot stress how important it is. And, and you try to remind people, hey, you got to keep doing these exercises. And, and, and that goes in not only ACLs, but shoulders, patella dislocations, shoulder dislocations, even, even non-operative problems where we've sent want someone to therapy and 
and they've recovered, you've got to keep doing those exercises because I can't tell you how many times people come back and say, oh, my knee hurts in a different spot or kind of bothering me here. And it always comes back to the fact that they're not maintaining those home exercise program like they should. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Now, uh, when they do come back to you, I'm sure you get quite a few in your Saturday clinics. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, it, 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 it just depends, and, and because of everything that's going on, the Saturday clinics have been on hold, so sure. everybody's uh, uh, coming up here now, okay. so, um, Got it. yeah. Cool, very cool. Well, um, for people who are coming, for athletes who are maybe coming off this big break now, yeah. they're starting to come back into sports, any advice that you have for them when it comes to taking care of any injuries or any kind of aches and pains that come up in the next few weeks? Yeah, we've really got to work on the, on the strength and conditioning. And, and, and my concern, you know, what you're going to see the most are the strains and the sprains and the low-grade injuries, hamstrings and things like that. But I think we're really going to see a big spike of ACL tears, and I'm really worried about that because people haven't been – concentrating on those preventative exercises, the hip exercises, the landing technique. And right. in every football season, at the very beginning of the season, we see a big spike in ACLs. And I think that's just going to be magnified by what's been going on during this pandemic and the fact that yeah. a lot of people have just been sitting around for two months not, not doing too much. And, and that's not a fault of their own. It's just kind of the world we've been living in for the last two months. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's great advice for sure. And, uh, you know, Thanks for your time today. I think that's kind of everything we wanted to really kind of deep dive into for the ACLs for everybody. Perfect. Um, so perfect. Thanks for your time. And, uh, you know, how can people get a hold of Ortho San Antonio or, you know, make a, how can they book a appointment with you? Today? Yeah, yeah. We're online at uh, sa.com I'm on Instagram as well, Dr. Dr. Matt Murray. And uh, our office number is 210 705. Five zero six zero. Thank you very much, Aaron. Really appreciate having me out. Yeah, thanks so much. Dr. Aaron Stairs here, a soccer doc from Premier Soccer Performance. And guys, I wrote a book for you called The Premier Soccer Performance Roadmap, and I want you to get access to that for free. So you need to go to our website, premsoccerperformance.com. That's P-R-E-M, soccerperformance.com, to claim your free copy. Now, if you're an athlete who is just wanting a general program, and you're not really serious about getting better or going to the next level, then this is not the book for you. This is a book for serious youth athletes who want to play either in college or optimize their skill set to take them to the next level. Even if you're a parent wanting to give your kid a competitive advantage, then this is also the roadmap for you. Okay, so I want you to go to our website and claim your copy for free. While supplies last, and our, our website for that is premsoccerperformance.com. That's P-R-E-M, soccerperformance.com. Enjoy today's episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Soccer Doc Podcast. If you are a competitive soccer player wanting to take your game to the next level, we have the program for you. Go to our website right now to download the Premier Soccer Performance Roadmap. It's our guide to improving the vital habits for you to stand out on and off the field and take your game to the next level. Again, that's www.premsoccerperformance.com, P-R-E-M, soccerperformance.com. Thanks again for listening and catch you next time on the Soccer Doc Podcast.